Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 33rd edition of the Sports Run-On Podcast. We start out today's podcast by talking about the NCAA. Your new number one team is the LSU Tigers. Not a lot of people are surprised. It's just going to be interesting because not the upcoming week, but the one after that, Alabama and LSU are going to be playing because that's going to be a one against. It's going to be a one at two matchups. So that's that's going to be definitely be fun to watch. As both of these teams have very powerful offenses and just very just incredible, de- probably even better defenses go along with very powerful offenses. We will also take a look at the number at the rest of the AP Top Ten for this week. The new update AP Top Ten. Number one, as I said, is LSU. Number two is Alabama. Coming in at the number three spot is Ohio State. Coming in at the fourth spot is is Clemson. Neither of those teams ended up moving. They both stayed the same. Alabama and LSU just proceeded to flip-flop. At number five, we have Penn State. They moved up. We have Florida at number six. Oregon at number seven. Georgia at eight. Utah at nine. And all the way falling down to ten after an upset loss last week is the unit is Oklahoma Sooners. My first impressions whenever I see this list would probably be the fact that I think I agree that LSU is probably the best team in the nation for at this point, especially if to if Tua Tagaloa, who I'll talk about later, is not for sure to go for that LSU Alabama game. I think that's there's no question that Alabama that LSU is the better team. There was a lot that unfolded last week. One of the first things I want to talk about, just going off the AP Top Ten, is the team that is at number ten, and that is Oklahoma. They're up very high. I'm pretty sure they were they were at least in the top five ever, during last week's AP poll, and they have fallen all the way down to ten after a big upset loss by Kansas State. They lost. They were getting blown out. Then they came back and made it very close. And then they got called for illegal touching, which which is whatever you trying to onside kick it. At that point, they were down by th- they were down by a touchdown. They tried to onside kick it, and one of the Oklahoma players hit it before it hit the ten yard rule, which it has to hit before you're able to return it, like you're able to recover it. So with with that happening, they were they ended up losing at the very end, which was a heartbreaker because that's really going to derail Oklahoma's real honest chances of being able to get into the college football playoffs this year. That's probably also takes out the idea of the, the Big 12 having a representative in the field this year, as Oklahoma has also been upset by TCU this week. So the, their season's also done. Or, I mean, they don't have a chance of going into the playoffs, or they, it's just, it's completely gone. The other couple of things that I think about whenever I see this is that the Pac-12 is just a conference of dark horses right now, as you have Oregon at, at 7 and Utah at 9, but they, they're really getting helped out as most of the top, like, seven teams, they all have to play each other. Like, LSU has to play one of those top teams. Bama has to play one of those top teams. LSU and Bama have to play each other. Ohio State has to play Penn State. Clemson doesn't really have to play anybody, and then I said at five, Penn State they have to they have to go and play Ohio State later this season. They have Georgia who has to play Florida, who's also over Oregon, and then Georgia who also has in Georgia who also has to play Alabama, or and one of these teams that ever wins will have to play them in the SEC championship. That is one thing that these teams really do have going for them. I mean, this is probably just going to come down to who can who wins the Oregon Utah game for who's going to be their only chance at a dark horse because there's no way both of these teams get in because they just don't have a strong enough schedule by themselves. But if they can beat each other, they can knock you, whoever knocks each other off. That's going to be the team that's going to be able to get in this year. And I think there's a good chance that they get in. To be completely honest with you, just because of the fact that they're undefeated, they're in a Power Five conference. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not a well SEC ACC known one or Big Ten, but yes, that is still 
the fifth of the Power Five conferences, which should definitely count for something. And if the and whoever wins this matchup between Utah and Oregon is going to have a win on their resume over a top ten team, which is going to be very big for them going forward, having that signature win to put on their resume. That's going to really help them out with whenever the college football committee decides who they want to put in and who they and who they want to keep out this year. Which is why I think well they they have to stay undefeated or their season's going to end anyway. Like they have to make sure they stay undefeated just because they're in a pack they're in a back twelve conference, but they don't have like as I said in a podcast the SEC is is a very very loser friendly division when it comes to being able to still place in the high ball and maybe even getting to the college football playoffs. I say that only because they have so many top teams. You're able you you're able to lose a game if it's early enough in the season, and then be able to climb back. Just because you, you're not only going to play like one like it's not like the Pac-12 where you, you might play one maybe two top fifteen teams like the entire year. Now this is a conference where you're playing multiple top teams, and you in some cases you're playing them back to back to back weeks, which is even bigger. If you can get wins back to back to like if you can get wins consecutively, that's gonna that probably would even help them out even more. There's no question. Oregon and Utah, if they lose and they're done. Like I feel like they're I feel like we've caught we can kinda of get to that point. If they lose, they're done. If they don't, then I think there's still a chance that but that one of the two would definitely has a chance of getting into the college football playoffs at this point. I don't know who it would be. My guess would be Oregon because I feel like out of what I've seen from these two teams, I think Oregon's definitely the more they're the more complete team out of these two. And mean that also doesn't always, isn't always like the formula. Just because you're the more complete team, that doesn't mean that you're. All, who knows? They could be a more complete team, but they could run into a team, have an off game like Oklahoma had, and they could lose one. And then Utah could be their only hope. I mean, and that's what I'm trying to say here. Like, I mean, this AP top. I, I go over this AP top ten most like every podcast, like the first podcast of the two for this week. Any Saturday, one of these teams can lose, and they their season could just be over, or like at least their playoff chances. Like Oklahoma could be very. They went from like I think they went from having like a seventy some percent chance to get into it to having like a nineteen or eighteen percent chance to get in after that loss to Kansas State. I'm just talking about that kind of stuff. How like one loss can just like absolutely derail you, and then after that loss, you're like you're screwed. Like there's there isn't really a chance for you after that loss, which is why I feel like in this case that that you'd be more favored to be in the SEC because yeah maybe you lose but you're playing another top ten team the next week. So if you can bounce back and get a win there. That's another top 10 team to put on your resume, like another top 10 big win to put on your resume. Some teams just have to play, they have to play that. And they, they kind of, some people know that going in that, yeah, they're not going to get to play as many teams, which is why their big wins should, should in some cases, some people think they should count for more just because they don't have as many. I don't know if I exactly agree with that thought, but I mean, I, th- I don't think that's an awful idea. But I mean, just moving on, moving on from that one, the big stories I talked about earlier for the one of the big, probably one of the biggest games of the year up to this point, the LSU Alabama game, which only remind was not on the upcoming Saturday, but it will be the one after that. Is Tua Tagaloa has still not? He is still very. They're they're still not even gonna. They don't even know if they're gonna clear him for their upcoming week's game. So even though they sat him out for all of the Arkansas game, but they're still not feeling confident with bringing him back yet. I don't really know why exactly, but I guess they just think they they've talked to their medical professionals at Alabama, and they just they just don't feel comfortable bringing him back just yet. I feel like they, if they need him, there's no question he's going to play in that LSU game. That's the biggest game. That's most likely their biggest game of the year. Like Auburn, Auburn's big, but I mean, you're do you really get any bigger than a one versus two matchup? Like I don't even. And like they've been known to be rivals in the past, like big time rivals in the past. 
So do you really get any bigger than that? That's the real question. But I mean, I'll, I'll talk more about that whenever we get into the week of that game. Their, their offenses are good and all. Like you have Joe Burrow, then you have Tua. But then it's also, I think the even better part is both of these two, LSU for a fact, their lockdown, their defense, just their shutdown defense is just even, even more impressive than their offense at this point. To me, at least, I, I find their defense even more impressive. You know, I don't think they get. I, th- I think with Joe Burrow being like everybody saying him and two are Heisman candidates, I feel like these defenses are some and sometimes aren't getting the credit that they deserve, even though they're very, very talented in themselves too. As I talked earlier about many teams, there we now, and I think a lot of analysts would agree with me. We now have probably five legitimate candidates for teams that that could honestly be number one this week and could have been in the AP poll. The first one is obviously LSU, who's there. I think LSU. I don't see. I don't know. I I I'm very conflicted when it comes to these, to who I think should be number one because I like I think LSU and Bama. I think is going to be a toss up in a couple of weeks. Ohio State. They they've just been playing out, but can and they they played an incredible game against Wisconsin in their only big game of the year so far. But then remember, they still have to play. Personally, they still have to play at home against Penn State later down the road. So that. That's going to be the game pretty much for the for who that's going to be the game could technically depending on how the season goes could be for a playoff spot. Clemson means undefeated, but they don't have going for them the fact of as I like in the ACC is not a conference like they're not I don't know they're not I don't think they're going to play well they might play like one or two ranked teams all year and none of them are going to be like top ten teams which is one thing that Clemson does have going for them which is why Clemson probably be my last pick if I had to pick one of these that wasn't out one of these four out of Bama. Ohio State, Clemson, and Penn State. If I had to pick one of those four to unseat LSU as my number one, I I don't think it. I definitely don't think it'd be Clemson just because their lack of high wins at this point. I mean, if they want a chance of getting there, they're gonna have to win out and they're gonna have to win the ACC. And I still think there's no guarantee there that somebody won't leapfrog them at that point, even if they do win the ACC, because I just don't know if that's gonna be a strong enough case for them to be able to get in. I mean, yeah, yeah, you won the ACC and all, but I mean, is that a strong enough case to be able to 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 say that you're better than like an Ohio State or like some of these other teams, like or like Oregon, like Oregon say that they beat Utah and like Clemson, their best team, their win, best win could be over a, a, a pretty okay Wake Forest team that already lost to Louisville that year, and Oregon's best win is over a top ten ranked at that point top ten ranked Utah team, which is probably going. Both of those teams are probably going to a very good bowl this year, Utah and Oregon. I just think there's so many teams that could really jump over Clemson at this point. I'm not. I'm not saying that I think they will or they won't. I'm just saying I think that there's a very good chance that they will. I think that there's a very good chance and a very high possibility that they could easily somebody could leapfrog Clemson into that four spot in the upcoming weeks. I don't know who would be. Maybe it'd be Penn State, but I mean, I think Penn State, their only real other, their only real other exclamation point that they could put on this season is a win over Ohio State. That's their biggest game left, and that's like their prime time, like state. There, that's their exclamation point game that they have left. Like that's the big one for them. So I mean, but that's the thing. If they can get that game down, if if Penn State can somehow stop Justin Fields and Ohio State and somehow pull off that upset, who knows? Maybe they could be up. I don't really know. Like. Just a lot of things that could happen, I think, in these next couple of weeks, just because with the LSU-Alabama game, Penn State-Ohio State still has to be played, and then you just get into the championship. There's just a lot more to be played. But, I mean, at that point, that is the AP top 10 at that point. 
But I do agree. I think that there are five legitimate candidates for that, that have a legitimate case to like that to be said of like why they should be number one at this point. Right now it is LSU, but I think there are many more teams that can make a case for it just than LSU. Now we're gonna move on to the NFL part of the of this podcast. Just talking about some of the takeaways that I got from the NFL in in this last week is the Patriots and 49ers stay undefeated. The Patriots kind of got got their game. I think that's this is just my opinion. I think they got this game gift wrapped as the Browns proceed. They turned the ball over on three consecutive snaps. So I think in some cases they just completely gave that game to them. Like I think there's, which is why I, and I think oh I mean I don't know about that because the 49ers blew out the Panthers this week. So I mean both of those teams neither of those teams really got pushed to their limits. So I mean. These teams do do keep rolling, and I mean, I I like I think the Patriots, they're just going to be impossible to stop or going to be close to it. Their offense is just so good, and I think it's get it's getting even better, and I think it has gotten better as they've added Mohamed Sanu. They got him from the Atlanta Falcons. In that case, it's definitely gotten better for them. So I mean, and then their defense is just playing like out of their mind. Their defense is probably playing some of the best that they've ever played. Like some people are arguing that this is like could be or maybe is one of the best defenses this, this Patriots have ever had, like period. I don't know if I'd go this that far yet, but I mean I think that there's definitely a chance that they I think there's a chance that they could be. Like I, I don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't why they wouldn't be in that discussion with like leading the NFL in takeaways and all just all the other things that they've been doing, like all the other stats that they lead like lead the NFL in, like I think that there's no reason why that debate shouldn't be made. I don't know if I'd agree with it completely yet. I think that there's there's definitely an argument to be made there with the way that they've been playing so far this year. Looking at another team in the AFC, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's looking like, as a lot of people think, the Jaguars, after getting a win behind Gardner Minshew the second, it's looking like the Jaguars are looking to maybe... They haven't said officially, but it's looking like, as most people think, that it's looking like the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking about moving away from Nick Foles at this point. After Mint, after Foles got injured and Minshew kind of stepped into the spotlight and he's kind of been, he's gone, he's been putting this team kind of, he's getting this team wins, which is the one thing that Jacksonville needs badly is they just, they're like, we'll put you in. We just need somebody who can get us wins. That's all, that's all they want is we just want somebody that can get us wins. I mean, so which is why I think they're probably going to get away from Nick Foles just at this point. I think they, they could definitely, I think they could get something good for him. I think. I don't think he's like completely out. Like he's just like nobody's gonna give them anything for him. I think he's still a good quarterback. I just think with Gardner Minshew, I think there's no reason to keep Nick Foles on on the roster at this point. Like I mean, I think I, I don't know if they're gonna trade him this year or I don't know exactly how they're gonna do it. But I th- I think they could still get something for like they could get something legitimate for Foles at this point. As I said before, I think he's still a, a good legitimate quarterback. Like I don't I don't think that he's just like washed up completely. I think there's no reason with with Minshew getting the wins that they wouldn't just stick with him at this point. The Browns, on the other hand, they're just, they're just another AFC. They're just like looking. They don't. They're trying to figure out what's happening. Freddie Kitchens, after his first season with the Browns, could already be on the hot seat after a game in New at New England, and they turned the ball over on three consecutive snaps. Like that. That's not gonna. That's not gonna make anybody happy with his coaching so far. But I mean, then again, it could. It could get better, but still, I don't know. I think the Browns are just in a place where they're just trying to figure out just something. They're just trying to see what works at this point. I think they're a good team, and they have to have firepower coming into this year. I don't think there's any question about that. Something's just not clicking there with Odell. You have Odell, Jarvis, and Baker, and, that was, and then Nick Chubb running the ball. That was supposed to get them wins and win, just a bunch of wins, and that's what Cleveland was hoping for. 
that's just well, with a two and five record. That's just not what's happening at at this point for them. I think they could turn it around, but they're going to need some big changes in Cleveland to be able to do just that. And then to finish out this podcast, we'll be talking about the New York Jets. And even after getting Adam Gase, a lot of people thought that that could be just a, just a new start for the Jets. They thought they could be good again. They have Le'Veon Bell. They thought that, that could be a real difference. And I feel like arguably the Jets might be worse. I don't know. Just like some of the games they've watched, they just it does. They haven't looked impressive at all. They don't. I don't know how much they can move the ball. Sam Darnold's out there saying that he thinks he's seeing ghosts, and that why that's why he's throwing so many interceptions. I just feel like the the Jets and Giants are just New York's just football team is just not having a great year this year, just because both both of their teams are really, they're just trying to find some footing this year, which neither of them are aren't being able to find very easily. Which is why I think there's going to be some big changes for both teams in New York, the Giants and the Jets. The Giants just multiple for both teams needing multiple things to really make a change and try to make just get some wins this year for both of these teams in New York. And with that said, I'm going to wrap up the 33rd edition of the Sports Run On podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. If there's any podcast you missed, make sure to go listen to them down and below after after this one finishes up. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, make sure to let me know. And I'd love to talk to you about sponsoring for this podcast and being a part of this the Sports Run On team. Well, with that said, I want to thank you for listening to the 33rd edition of the Sports Run On podcast.